Today I have author, master tattoo artist, and brain cancer survivor, Dan Hank, joining me today. How you doing, Dan? Really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this one. You're a cool dude, you know what I mean? I've been excited. Tattoo artist, author of some dope-ass books. I mean, who wouldn't want to have you on as a guest? Probably a lot of people, but... <laughs> no, like, you, you got, like, a really cool vibe to you, man. It's like... Like, I'd, I'd totally introduce you to my son, but I feel like maybe you'd kill a Starbucks barista for spelling your name wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, but seriously, man, looking into your story, your artworks, or your artwork, the books you've written, like uh, Black Seas of Infinity, Down Highways in the Dark by Demons Driven, and your latest novel, of course, The End of the World. Uh, you're an interesting guy, you know what I mean? What made you want to start writing this horror sci-fi genre that, you know, so many people are so invested in that's what that's what i've always been into so it, it just it was it, it, it like i don't think anything's really changed with it like just over time you pick up like more detail and you progress through stuff and you go hey this works better for me and 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 when, when i was a little kid i remember being in fifth grade writing my first novel i'm sure yeah. it's fucking terrible if you read it now it's like about giant robots in space. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But, but I was trying. I was always a kid that drew. And like, I, I was like, I was uh, super into punk rock in my teenage years. Yeah. And that helped because a lot of people don't draw. So I paint the little jackets. I do their album covers. I do their flyer art and stuff like that. So it, it's always been something I've been into. Yeah, yeah, you do a lot of work with artwork as far as indie bands and, and magazines and all that. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that that's actually really cool. What magazines have you have you done art for? What bands? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Coalesce, Shy Elude, um, Indecision, uh, Beyond Reason, Unsound, um, Locked in Vacancy um quite the resume you got there man what that's quite the resume you got there well there are a few more I, i'm sure i just can't remember because i i did the album covers for quite a while and yeah. then they kept they were such a nightmare some of the bands were such a nightmare to work with that i was like yeah i'm just gonna move on why were they a nightmare to work with <laughs> well some are great like 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 coalesce for instance they were great they they paid for everything they you know, everything I talked to him about, they go, oh, that makes sense. Or, yeah, let's do this and whatever. Yeah. And then there was another band, um, probably the one that made me quit is Shy Lude, because I ended up doing a total of four paintings for them. And in the end, they didn't use any of them. Fuck them. And, you know, originally, it's like, originally I was doing a painting, and then they got a new singer, and the singer said the concept of the old album, so they wanted to use it on a reissue of the old album, and for me to paint a new album cover, so I was painting it, then the the new artist was like, he was asking stuff like, like, I, I this guy going through the river of blood, he's like, well, does blood have white foam caps? And I was like, well, you know, one a good friend of mine is Rich Rosen, who was a medical examiner and she works she worked downtown when the twin towers went down she mm -hmm. said yeah blood definitely foams white and he's like uh okay you know it's it just it, from one thing to another and then they wanted like this whole fold out 
and they they wanted me to draw hyenas and jackals eating carcasses on the plains of africa so i did a watercolor painting of that they go well why why is it so bright i'm like that's a lot of shit to do africa (laughs) yeah right man you didn't tell me i want a night scene you're not even going to see half the creatures if we do a night scene yeah exactly and then they asked me to do like a pit of snakes and um one once they were giving all this bad feedback about the africa scene and yeah. I was in the middle of the pit of snakes. And I was like, are you even going to do paintings on the inside of them? I'm like, well, maybe we're changing the concept of what we want. And yeah, it, it was not, I could go on. I could go on all day. Yeah, it, it was. And finally, I was like, all right, that's it. This is, this is not going to pay the bills. That's the other thing is they don't pay you at all. And they tell you they will. But then so, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this covered. And, and they like me. we're going to get you clout for free pretty much. No, no, they, they offered to pay me. But the thing is, yeah. when it comes down, time to get paid, you, you talk to them and they say, well, talk to the label. You talk to the label, the label goes, oh, well, we'll give the artist an advance. So that's what part of the advance is for. And then I talk to them again. And they go, oh, that's what it's for. We already spent it. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're like, well, my landlord wants rent. What, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's ridiculous, man. I don't know. It sounds like a pain in the ass. I guess it's like the typical rock star stereotype. They just <laughs> don't abide by anything or have respect, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm working on an R&B album right now, and I definitely want you to do the cover of that for me if you can. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But uh, So your your latest novel that you have out, um, The End of the World, uh, can you kind of give the audience uh, an idea of what that book's about? I kind of know because I read the like, perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like when I was a little kid, like two of my favorite shows were The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I kind of keep that vibe. Like it's not like I don't want it like straight up like you know horror slasher like you know i don't know pretty or jason or something and i don't want it straight up sci-fi like star wars yeah. i I want, it, I want it to be like kind of eerie and kind of creepy and a bunch of stuff going on. like i hate to say this because it sounds negative but it's like you know i want it to be intelligent <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I want it to be yeah. like complex enough that, that there seems to be enough going on that it keeps you engaged Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, like I watched Freddy versus Jason the other night and, and just because it was an old movie from my childhood, you know, and uh, yeah, dude, it's just like boobs, blood, boobs, big knife, blood, bad dream. And then right. <laughs> it ends. <laughs> of course, if you smoke pot or have sex, Ooh, you're gonna but... die. what's that? If you smoke pot or have sex, you're going to die. Is yeah, that, pretty much. Almost like a morality play involved. Or, or if you're a black guy, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're always the first one gone. It's it, it's terrible. It's terrible stuff. It's terrible stuff. <laughs> Except for you know who was smart? The guy who played um oh, what's his name? The actor's name who played Candyman. The the black guy who played Candyman. Dude, I tried to watch Candyman recently, man. The new Candyman or the old Candyman? I've done the old one. I've seen both of them. The new one, I don't think it's ever. Dude, it was so fucking woke, dude. I shut it off in fucking 15 minutes. Oh, you think that's bad? You see the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I did, bro. But it was kind of like uh, the, the Texas Chainsaw guy was like fucking up a whole bunch of liberals, bro. It was great. <laughs> but then you have like the girl that was in a school shooting and now she's traumatized by. Yeah. Of course it was a school shooting. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. But okay. it's like, why would you go open a bougie restaurant in like the middle of nowhere, Texas? 
Oh, exactly. <laughs> when you're a fucking transgender, like it's probably not gonna yeah. go well. Yeah, it was just it, it was like, <laughs> nothing against transgenders, but they live uh they live by the Bible down there, man. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, I don't I don't care what anybody does or says or any of that if it goes with the story. If it makes a good story, include it. I don't care if it's a black guy instead of a white guy. I don't care if it's a gay guy or whatever, as long as it makes a story better. Don't yeah. like throw it in for like token, you know, for, for token points or whatever. That's what they do, man. That's literally what they do. And it's so obvious. It's just, it's such a turnoff when you, when you put a movie on, like even in the new Batman movie, that part where a cat woman was like, hey, like I haven't seen it. So I heard it's good. I haven't seen it. I seen some of it with my son, but there's a part where Catwoman's like she looks at him, and she's like, "That's your white privilege" or something like that. Like, what the oh, really? fuck are you talking about? He's fucking Batman. He's like the fucking hero, and everybody hates him. Like, this guy deals with enough shit. Like, the fuck, <laughs> dude. White. It's just that was, that was in the movie. That makes me not want to see it now. Yeah, man, you're coming on here. You're about to. I'm about to get you fucking canceled. <laughs> Cancel myself too. <laughs> Fucking no, man. My white privilege card <clears throat> has been declined for like I don't know my whole life, so it's it's not it's not going too well. But yeah, man, like you said, it, it's always a mine, gift. Mine, you... mine doesn't seem to work. I don't know. I keep trying to go to the ATM and take out money, and it, it just it's not working for me. It doesn't work, dude. I mean, I'm, I I still got to pay like a three three dollar and sixty five cent fee after you know everything. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. But uh, no, dude. I mean. You said you were like an art, you were an artistic child, correct? Do you yeah. think that came from any, how was your childhood is what I want to ask you. Was there any trauma? Was there any, like, did you have a good childhood or, I mean. I had a good childhood until about 12. Um, <laughs> the reason why is like, my dad's military, so we lived on like little isolated bases. I thought that was great though, because like, we'd like live in the middle of like, you know, and right next to the woods in the middle of like a small neighborhood. And I go to lumber yard and I get stuff and I build tree forts and, you know, I'd ride around on my BMX bike. And so it, it, it was funny. You know, this is before the whole helicopter parent thing. Yeah. So, like, you know, basically my parents would be like, be back at six o'clock if you want dinner. And that yeah. was that's how that's how it was, man. I feel like I was the last generation. I mean, my kid's three has a fucking iPad, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, no. I mean, well, what happened when you were twelve? Was it just like uh, abuse? Well, drug, I got, I got, first, I got into heavy metal. Like I was into like Rad and Quiet Riot, you yeah. know. And I got into that stuff, and I guess that's my parents are very conservative and they're very military. Yeah, yeah. So that that didn't really go down with them. And then as I transitioned from like hair metal, like the, the first three, like real albums I got <laughs> where I got hello waits by Slayer. I got ride the lightning by Metallica. Oh, fucking great album. Yeah. And I got peace cells by Megadeth. So that, and Dave that, Mustaine, or not Dave Mustaine. Is that Dave Mustaine? Singer? Yeah, yeah, Dave yeah. Mustaine. He started Metallica. Yeah. He was a guitarist in Metallica and they kicked him out for being drunk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but <laughs> Fair enough. three albums and it just, it changed my world, but yeah. You know, of course, my my super conservative parents were like, "Oh, you're worshiping the devil or something." I'm talking about fucking Eileen Warnos on the Ouija board. <laughs> so, and then I remember, like, I pierced my ear. Yeah. And, and you know that that was you are not allowed to do that. They, they also like they're super homophobic, so it's like, oh, gay people do that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. 
so I remember what I did is um, I pierced my ear, but I wouldn't wear like a uh, earring or ear stud around my parents because they flip out and they take it out. So yeah. I put like a little piece of string there to like keep the hole open. Yeah. And, and I remember my dad's like, you're not fooling me. I know we're doing like my dad's like chasing me around the house with that. And then my hair was like long enough. It was like touching my shoulders. Yeah. He thought that that was like uh, despicable and low class and whatever. So yeah. he, he was chasing me around the house with scissors, trying to cut my hair, like holding me down, trying to cut my hair. My mom was like, "You're gonna stab him! You're gonna stab him!" And, uh, One thing, if you come home with a fucking swastika on your forehead, <laughs> you just wanted you just wanted long hair. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it, it's like, and then and then because I mean, the more that you say no, the more kids are gonna do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, Exactly. So the more hardcore they got, the more hardcore I got. And uh, my dad also came from like a, a like he's he's part Swedish or part uh, part Norwegian, part German, rather. And okay. um, he has like a, a very like very strict family you know, background. So it's yeah. like, you know, they believe in that, like, you know, you know, don't spare the rod, beat the child, you know, and yeah. and uh so the more that they would do that, the more that I was like, well, fuck them. And I get angry. And I, you know, so then I got into punk rock and then I had a mohawk and a spiky colored hair. And I remember I had blue hair. My mom was like, you look like you stuck your head in a toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it like, I don't really care what you think, mom. <laughs> but yeah. I had a leather jacket. I remember I, I put it on layaway <laughs> back when you could do a layaway. I remember it was Wilson yeah. leather. You put a leather jacket on layaway? I put a leather jacket and Wilson leather in the mall on layaway. That might be the most fucking either the coolest thing I've ever heard or just. (laughs) (laughs) How else is it going to get a leather jacket? You know, and so so I was working my my minimum wage job is working at a deli at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I saved the money. I got it. And, you know, I bought spikes and like I installed spikes on it. And I'm an artist. So I painted up the whole jacket and. You know, and I had uh, I get combat boots. I couldn't afford Doc Martens; they're a little too pricey. Yeah, uh, but I get combat boots. So I had I had the whole like British punk rocker thing. I wonder how that whole style is coming back now, too. Yeah, well, I I remember back in those days, people did not take kindly to it at all. When at was all. this? Eighties, nineties? This is late eighties, early nineties. Late eighties, yeah. What was the late eighties like, man? I always always wonder, bro. I just out of my era. I'm ninety seven, baby. Well, I, I remember like this one example. This, by the way, this is just like a small example of what happened all the fucking time. So I remember we had one of those little paved trails behind our house that people take their bikes on and stuff. And yeah. where that went over, over a creek, there was a little bridge. Yeah. So I'm hanging out on the bridge. And at the time, I mean, if you're a teenage punk rocker, of course he smoked. So, yeah. so I'm leaning on the bridge, I'm smoking. And somebody called the police and said, a suspicious character is lighting things on fire. Yeah. So the cops show up. They throw me against the car. They search me. I have two packs of cigarettes, three packs of matches. They go, why do you have all these matches? I was like, because I. Matches? Yeah, matches. And I was like. It's wood. (laughs) Right. Well, no, no. These were like the cheapy paper ones, you know. Oh, yeah. I had two packs of cigarettes and three packs of matches. They're like, why do you have all these matches? I was like, because I fucking smoke. You know, they took me to jail. They filed arson charges against me. 
Like <laughs> you were about to fucking burn down a nursery or something. Yeah, and, and I had community service. I had points taken off my license. It, it, everything like it was crazy. What'd you do for community service? Uh, well, I remember. I don't remember what I did for that. Actually, I don't even know. Remember if I got community service or that? I know I got fined for that, and I got taken. Community in. service sucks, dude. I remember doing community service with. Uh, I had to do it in a fucking soup kitchen, dude. But it was like a church. And bro, <laughs> I worked with a bunch of old ladies, and I mean, the ones that aren't in a wheelchair can still barely walk, and fucking, they're trying to recruit me all day, sending me into the freezer, making me lift heavy shit all day, and I, dude, one thing I remember about that, though, I felt so bad for the people in there with kids, and I mean, right. you'd make them some shit, like, they, the ribs on the menu today, it's like fucking Slim Jim's, or Slim Jim's covered in sweet baby rays and shit, I mean, it was, yeah, no, I worked at a restaurant, I don't know what they pull, <laughs> Yeah, man. I remember. Um, I remember. There, there's another time they pulled me over and they they said it led them on a high speed chase. Yeah, absolute bullshit. Where are you driving? Uh, it was it was my dad's Chevy station wagon and it had that fake wood paneling on the side. It was like nobody, nobody, goes, nobody goes on a high speed chase in a station wagon. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and like it was leaking oil, so there was like smoke pouring out of the engine and stuff. It's like, dude, yeah. that's not a car you go you know racing with yeah no it's what you take a fucking family vacation in chevy chase <laughs> and i remember when it when i went to court like uh my dad loaned me suits so i was wearing a suit i had just shaved my head because for a little while i was thinking about joining the army so i could pay for our school yeah. and so i had a shaved head no tattoos you know i looked all, all like a uh, official my dad showed up in full military dress with all his medals he'd been in every war since vietnam you know it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The cop gets on stage and, and he talks all this shit. A lot of it he just made up on the spot. And the judge goes, "All right, guilty." Use that uh, that card we were talking about, the white privilege, the white privilege. Card. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I should have, I should have. Maybe that would have got me out. But uh, yeah, no. I remember I had to do community service and I had to clean up schools. So I would yeah. have to go to schools and like the janitors. Basically, the janitors were like, "Yeah, we're going to go outside and smoke, clean up this room." <laughs> yeah, clean uh, up that room. <laughs> so that's when you jerk off in the roast beef sandwich. Yeah, but I, I remember actually. Yeah, no, that was that was the one where they gave me points because they gave me points for something like they pulled me over for drunk driving because I stacked like eight kids in the back of the station wagon yeah. to go to a concert at a skate park. Yeah, and you know it was a little bit overloaded, so the back was wiggling a little bit. Yeah, so Josh pulled me over. Thinking I was drunk uh, and, you know, being like an arrogant little teenager, I was like, no, no, breathalyze me right now. And, you know, so they're, they're kind of out of that. So they said, again, that I was like massively exceeding the speed limit. And I got six points off that. And I got six points from the supposed high speed chase to let him on and yeah. threw away my license for a while. Oh, dude, you know, you know, there's most cops, I think, genuinely are pretty good i would say i mean i've never been a big cop guy but i'm smart enough to know we need them you know what i mean it you know it's important man if you want to don't want people breaking in your fucking house every night i mean it's just i mean you have the threat of police you know what i mean but yeah no like i've had some really shitty cops too man i, I totally know what you mean uh fucking I, I totaled my car one night man and fucking they brought me into jail i'm the only guy in the history of jail by the way to be so fucking annoying they just gave me my phone <laughs> <laughs> they were like will you shut the fuck up i'm like yeah uh xanax <laughs> glad those days are over yeah now i just uh 
Now I just grill meats and go to bed at 9.30. One time, I spent a night in jail in the drunk tank. Yeah. Did you, oh, fuck. Did you have any cellmates in there? Or? Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of cellmates. And the thing is, so I was drunk in public because I had somebody dropped me off from a party. So okay. I was on the sidewalk right in front of my house about to go in. Cops pulled over, threw me against the car. They're like, you're drunk in public. We're taking to jail. I'm like, that's my house. I just want to go to sleep. They're like, nope, you're drunk in public. So they took me to jail and they threw me in the drunk tank. And uh, of course, I didn't tell them, but I just taken a whole bunch of acid. And I was supposed to meet up with my friends later on. So there I am in the drug tank, tripping balls. And I remember I'm sitting on the concrete bench, like they have a little like concrete bench, you know, the shoes on the wall. I'm sitting on that. And there's like a couple of Mexican day laborers right next to me. One of them leans over and he's like, yo, S.A., what are you on? And we call acid whatever's on the blotter paper. And on the blotter paper were unicorns, like little purple unicorns. So when he leans over, he's like, what are you on? I'm like, purple unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that is terrible, bro. Like, oh, my God. I'd fucking rather storm Normandy than fucking go to jail on acid. I, I got that vibe from you. Like, this guy's got some trippy vibes to him, man. Do you still fuck with hallucinogenics or? No, no, not at all. Um, it's been a while for me too. I kept getting, because I was a punk rocker and the big thing in Virginia was the punk rockers had a thing with these like Nazi skins, like the Nazi skins hated us, we hated them. Yes. So I kept getting. The Nazi skins, what the fuck are those? <laughs> what, Nazi skins? Yeah, they're like real fucking Nazis. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they're skinheads who are real Nazis. And, and, and you hated them? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, by themselves, they'd be quiet and they wouldn't do anything. But once you had a group, you know, then they they love to jump you. So like when it was 10 on one, they love to jump you. Otherwise, you know, they'd leave you alone. They're talking shit and stuff, probably saying fucking Frank and shit. Yeah, well, I remember, like, I was homeless and I was, like, living at a group house. It was, like, a group punk rocker house. And at, at the time, I was going through my, like, like super death punk rocker phase so yeah. i i like you know black eyeliner and, and like you know black nails and everything and I, I remember i came walking in with this giant mohawk and everything and there were it was a group house so at the at the main table there were a couple of the the skinheads yeah. um, and one of them goes well you wear fucking eyeliner think you're a girl i was like no do you think you are <laughs> I just kept walking outside, but yeah. apparently that pissed him off. Yeah. And so that, you know, later on when I passed out drunk upstairs, I wake up with him on top of me, like punching me in the face. Yeah. So that, that was one of three times I had my nose broken. So yeah. finally, after I got sick of getting beat up and getting my nose broken, I was like, I got to learn how to fight. Well, so, I'm going to look like Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started taking Taekwondo. And uh, I'm a secondary black belt in Taekwondo, by the way. And uh, so I, I started taking Taekwondo. And when I started taking Taekwondo, when I get into anything, I get into it really overboard, like really hardcore. That's good. So what I got into, I started taking vitamins. I started working out. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. You know, I, I, basically, I was strange, but without the preachiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense, man. I mean, so Taekwondo, you did. I did boxing, man, in it for like a year, and it taught me so much. Uh, first of all, I played football, played other sports, and nothing worked my ass 
out more than fucking that combat sport like boxing. I mean, Taekwondo's got to be the same way, I'm assuming. I mean, it teaches you discipline. I mean, now I do a lot of Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And, and I've been doing that for a long, long fucking time now. You're and UFC uh, guy? what? You like UFC? Like, like UFC. Actually, in UFC, most of the people, when they do striking, that's Muay Thai. Most yeah. of the work they do is Jiu Jitsu. Like yep. maybe you see mixed with a little bit of like American wrestling or Greco-Roman wrestling. Yep, that fucking Charles Oliveira, man, lightweight champion right now. I've never seen somebody jujitsu so fucking polished. Ever. You know he has more submissions than anybody else in the yep. USA. Dude, I think he's he's got what now, like fucking sixteen or something. The guy's incredible. Go fast with the triangle choke. Yeah. Go fast, where he like just slips it around your neck and then like boom, you're done. It's funny because you see the it's such jujitsu. He's just showing how dangerous jujitsu can be, and you could be a world champion for a long time with it. Because I don't see anybody beating him for a long time. And that's arguably the toughest division in the UFC. But I mean, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, these guys throw fucking bombs, dude, and they knocked him down, but they refused to get on the ground with him. And yeah. Gaethje's a fucking world class wrestler. Poirier's a good wrestler. I mean, I thought I thought the thing with Gaethje was like 50 because yeah. I thought if Gaethje hits him. Then Gaethje wins. Gaethje but sleep him. Yeah. Hit him and he got back up. <laughs> and then he fucking knocked him down, dude. I and mean, that was a, that was a good fight for the you know three minutes it lasted. But uh, yeah, well, no man. I mean, like at first at first he was really good at jiu-jitsu, but his boxing was a little bit weak, and then he yeah. got way better at it. So dude, how much? He's he's well rounded. He's really good. How much ass do you think Bruce Buffer gets? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. Dude, well, I feel like girls you know, when he patented that that saying where he's like, you know, uh, what what is, what does he say? Like, uh, it's time. Oh yeah, it's time. So he patented that. So you can't say that without like paying him money. Yeah, yeah, dude. I feel like when he fucks girls, they're like, "Can you can you do the Bruce Buffer thing?" And he's like, "Fine." <laughs> I mean, I'd make him do it too. Shit, I'd fuck Bruce Buffer, and I'm not even gay. I just like him. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding well, I, I think you. a lot of those UFC guys make uh, the mistake of dating a ring girl yeah. <laughs> Dude, who's that that one that's been there forever Dana White fucks all those ring girls too man you think so? cool. I like Dana White I like UFC because it's the only sport that's not fucking being all political like I'm watching basketball and shit these dudes are talking about fucking they're oppressed it's like bro you're making fucking 20 million dollars a year to dribble a ball if that's what oppression is i fucking want that you know what i mean what bugs me is like so they did this whole thing about like hey we gotta look out for this community and these people are getting oppressed and this and this but then one of them says something about um taiwan and they they immediately make him apologize and nothing will say because china's a big market so even though China is killing millions of people, like yep. the year Muslims is killing them by the horse, like genocide. Dude. Like even though they're violating human rights right and left, it doesn't matter. It's like but, oh, that's the money. It's not the narrative, dude. It doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't. It's not the agenda. It doesn't push that agenda. Like LeBron James, he's my favorite fucking ball player, dude. Love LeBron James, Jordan of my generation. You know what I mean? And then this dude started fucking talking about civil rights and shit. It's like, dude, you got fucking six year olds in China making your sneakers for fucking six cents an hour right right if that you know what i mean and I, I think people go after anybody like like one of my favorite ufc fighters right now is uh israel Zanya. yes and Azania was uh right. he was on like one of those like post-fight interviews and somebody brought joe rogan because yeah. trying to get he can't so he's like 
you shut up. That's the nicest guy. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, much respect for him. I mean, that whole Joe Rogan thing was bullshit anyways, dude. Joe Rogan, if you watch Joe Rogan podcast, like, he's a fucking cool guy, man. He never says anything deliberately to fucking... Well, Joe Rogan is not even slightly racist. No, not even like a tiny, tiny bit racist. Exactly, and these are all liberals. What are you talking about? These are all people who, I don't want to say just liberals. Yeah, probably just liberals. People that don't watch him, and they fucking just want him gone because he actually speaks out. Uh, he has opinions. Anybody who has a fucking opinion these days is just, you're fucking canceled. You're back. Like, no, dude. Like, as, as far as liberals, like, the... the I think there's a big difference between liberals and leftists. Like, yeah. I would say I'm a liberal. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I agree with. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I probably agree with more maybe liberal stuff. I'm kind of right in the middle now. Uh, but I, I'm like, I feel like I always leaned more liberal in my life. But now it's just become so fucking out of control. It's like, it seems like the right it seems more normal these days. It's crazy. I mean, the right isn't like it was back in your day. You know what I mean? With your parents. I mean... Well, I, I remember at one point it was like, it's like the right was in me. You had, you know, the right was out of hand. Like, I don't know if they backed off so much just because they have less power now. So they yeah. might be just as bad if they got back, you know, more dominant yeah. or if they have mellowed out. I, I don't know. I mean, dude, did you see those fucking Epstein flight logs and shit, dude? I mean, absolutely insane. Like, like this dude was having Bill Clinton over for fucking dinner Will Smith. Oh, you, you know that the guy's dirty. Bill Clinton, you know the guy's dirty. Dude, that guy's disgusting, bro. You, you just know he's fucking getting his fucking shoulders rubbed by like a 13-year-old fucking like Taiwan, Taiwanese girl or something. I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't trust it. I mean, and the thing is, bro, at least come out and be like, yeah, I was there. I had lunch. I had no fucking idea. You know, there was a sex cult. You know, I had no idea. I just went over for What's fucking. What's funny is like Bill Gates was saying that and then they went through his logs and because they went through his logs and they published it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Force him. That guy's a fucking lizard, dude. I'm convinced he's a <laughs> reptilian. <laughs> you fucking imagine one day fucking, I don't know. It's one of the presidents or one of these big guys is like on the podium and they're just like, yeah, we got some shit to tell you. They just take off their fucking yeah, they're all lizard people underneath or something. Yeah, it's like the Geico lizard. It's like, what the fuck? He's like, you can save you 15% of more on car insurance. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I don't believe that the president's a lizard person, but I, I don't believe that the president really has so much power. I think there are people that tell him what to do and he does it. Dude, do you think our president right now, serious question, Joe Biden, do you think he can maintain a job at Walmart? <laughs> no. <laughs> he couldn't. He wouldn't know how to work the fucking register. That's not even that's not even what? a register leftist thing. He's just a fucking piece of shit. He's incompetent. Dude, it's funny because they like wanted so I think a lot of people are waking up, but and it's such a touchy subject, but I, I don't care because people really need to fucking open their eyes. Like Joe Biden was so the whole BLM thinks are blah, blah, blah. And like it was like, oh, Trump's racist. You online, you literally can't find anything racist that that guy ever did. Trust me. I thought he was racist for three years and I felt like an idiot when I found out he wasn't um, like, dude, Joe Biden wrote the 94 crime bill. He's a fucking segregationist. I mean, true, really, he's a segregationist. You probably know that. Look oh, yeah, that. yeah. Well, have you seen what Kamala Harris did? Like Kamala Harris, I fucking hate her, dude. I can't let oh, yeah, her laugh alone. She's even more horrible than Biden, and that's like a high you know, ladder dude. to crawl. But Biden, I, Biden's not so horrible now. I feel because he's fucking senile, and I, I mean he's horrible. But they tell him what to do. I feel. It's true. Yeah, it's true. You no, but she, like when she was um, district attorney, 
Like there were people that were eligible to be paroled and she, yeah. she rigged the system to keep them mostly in- black, mostly black people. She rigged the system to keep them in longer just to have free road work done by them. Yep. And who did the prison reform? Donald Trump, right? Read all those. Uh, <laughs> like talking about like smoking pot while she was in college. And they're like, oh, we're listening yeah. to. Yeah. If she mentions who she's listening to, those artists weren't even out when she was in yep. college. Snoop Dogg, Tupac. It's like, if you were in fucking college in the, eight, in the early 80s, bro, mid-80s, what are you talking about? She's, she's a fucking idiot, bro. She tries so hard. She plays that, you know. What one day she's fucking Native American, next day she's black, the next day she's fucking Chinese, you know what I mean? Whatever fits the narrative at that time, she's in. Well, like, I mean? like Elizabeth Harris, she was like, what oh. is she like, point zero zero something percent? Like, you know, Pocahontas, man, she was dressing. <laughs> oh my god, he's like, my dog is more Native American than she is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but before I go on a cardiac arrest talking about these fucking politicians, man. <laughs> no, man, I want to talk about. So we go back to when you were uh, when you were in the what was it like that house you were living in? You said it was like a lot of punk rockers and shit. Like it was, it was called the Gate. Like that was our nickname for it, the Gate. It was just like a, a like a punk rock community house. Yeah. Like eventually they all got kicked out because nobody was paying rent. I think there was one guy that had a job. And the others had like telemarketing jobs or temporary jobs. It, like it was all a shit show, but then eventually went under. But yeah, I was living there for a while. Imagine fucking telemarketer calls you when it's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> well, we didn't have any Nazi skinheads living there. Like oh. the whole way that they got involved is, you know, some of the people there, like they're they're punk rockers, but they're like skateboarding punk rockers, yeah. and they're kind of hotheads. And there was a local gang called YT. And, you know, it, it was mostly a black gang. And where, was this? where was this really quick? Sorry to interrupt you. What, what state was it? West Virginia. West Virginia. No, no, Virginia, like Northern Virginia, like uh, Virginia. Not close, not far from a Washington, D.C. Shit to do, but cook. But uh, I, I remember they, they got in a fight, like some member got in a fight with some other member. And then, of course, if you get a fight with one member of the gang, or the whole rest of the gang comes in. So then they're getting harassed by YT and YT, like, I mean, they carry guns, you know, they, they were, they were pretty serious business, especially for a bunch of like fucked up punk rockers. Yes. So some of the punk rockers brought in these people, they were Nazi skins, but they were like older Nazi skins. So they didn't have shaved heads, but they're still fucking, you know, racist skinheads. Yeah. You know? But they're like, oh, these guys can fight and these guys will help us fight this gang. So they brought them in. So that's how they even got in there in the first place. That's why they were around that table. I think that was the first time that they ever came to the house to like meet anybody. I mean, it was a it was a bad idea from the get go. They do just walk in one day like fucking hail Hitler, motherfucker. I'm here. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and like I said, I got my nose broken, and it it just it. Hey man, all that pain you endured. Always remember, Hitler had one testicle. <laughs> we always have that on him. Yeah, I got three of them, so I'm fucking doing all right. <laughs> you know, he had a Jewish grandmother. Yeah, man, he was a, he was Jewish. <laughs> he was fucking Jew- dude. She must have been an asshole to him or something. I don't know, man. She probably well, used to beat him with a fucking yardstick or something. An artist, like he tried to make his artist. He wasn't that good. Hitler was an asshole, an evil person. Arguably, maybe one of the most evil people to ever maybe the most evil person to ever live on this earth like fucking the guy makes charles manson look like fucking barney you know what i mean 
I mean, this, this guy was fucking nuts, but he was fucking a mad genius. You know what I mean? Like the guy fucking my, my buddy lives in Germany right now. And he was telling me like, uh, everything's pretty good over there. You know what I mean? Like there's still things Hitler put into place. I just want to say fuck Hitler, but there's like, it's interesting knowing this stuff. Like there's still things Hitler put into place that have benefited the, the economy and, and, and everything over there, which well, I thought was crazy. There, there are, but it, I mean, it's kind of like the, like, by the way, my dad um, taught history at the college for a long time. So we had like big discussions over this. Yeah. And one of the, the first things he did, because they had no money because they were paying, they lost the war, World War One. So yes. they reparations to everybody. So mm-hmm. they had massive inflation and like everybody like was downtrodden. And one of the first things that Hiller did is he came in and he started like um, rebuilding the roads, like restoring like the, all the infrastructure, all that sort of stuff. So they're like, you know, they're like, well, his politics are a little bit radical, but he's doing a lot of good stuff for us. And then they kept doing stuff and they blaming other people. Like they, they actually blew up their own. I think it was a Reichstag and they blamed on Poland and they said, Oh, it's act of war. That's why we got to invade Poland. And then they invaded Poland. So, but, and then I think a lot of people, because like like my grandfather moved from there right before the war. You know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people they yeah. didn't know how. And by the way, he was never elected. Like mm-hmm. his party just got enough votes that they put him up as like the chancellor in charge. Yeah, and then he just started killing people and going crazy and all this sort of stuff. You know what? You know what's crazy, man? Like Hitler, fucking. It's almost similar to what's kind of happening now with propaganda. That's what I mean. So Hitler's propaganda, like Hitler was so blatantly fucking evil now that we look back. But at the time, Germans really thought that was the right thing. They were all brainwashed, millions of people. And that's kind of what's happening here in America now to, you know, less of an extent, you could say. I don't, I hope it doesn't get worse, but it doesn't seem like there's a fucking light at the end of the tunnel yet. Well, it feels like people are, they're even, they're willing to tolerate some lying if it pushes whatever agenda they're for. Yeah, like the vaccine. What the fuck, dude? I mean, there's a 99.5% survival rate. I have nothing against you if you got the vaccine. I don't care. I'm not going to say anything new. I don't care. Do what you want to do. It's your body, your choice. You know what I mean? But well, it doesn't I, got, I, got, I got the vaccine, but I mainly got the vaccine so people leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I was just lying to people. I all over the world to conventions. I go to concerts. And a lot of those, you know, they require either like a test that week or proof of vaccination. So I was like, I'll just get vaccinated so people leave me alone. Yeah, dude, I was telling, I'm not even vaccinated. I was telling people like, yeah, I just got my booster shot last week. (laughs) (laughs) My 10th booster shot. (laughs) You know what I mean? But yeah, no, man, Hitler had this obsession with, uh, with Antarctica, which I thought was fucking fascinating, dude. He, um, he spent like billions of dollars in Antarctica and you know, you know about like the, uh, what's that, what's that fucking, uh, I forgot what it's called with the, uh, the North, like you can't go to the North Pole. You can't go to fucking Antarctica. They literally, the, this fucking government will just hop on you if you even get close to those lines, that territory. But Hitler spent like billions of dollars in Antarctica. What the fuck was he doing? And this dude was like really big into UFOs, come to find out, and fucking crazy shit. No, he was. Some, some of the stuff that he was into, I, I think he was like into it at like the wrong angles. But mm-hmm. I think there is some truth to all that stuff. Like uh, one guy I follow a lot is uh, Graham Hancock. He's been on Joe Rogan a bunch of times. Yeah. His, his premise is that, you know, 
humans as a race have existed on this planet for like 300,000 years. Like, we're not sure exactly, but we think about 300,000 well, years. What do, they, what do they say? Humans have only, like, human nature has really only been documented for, I mean, not documented, but humans have really only been around for what? 2,000, 3,000 years, they say, or something like, something fucking crazy like that? Well, here, here's the thing. Like, if you look at, like, the, if you look at the evolution of the species, because um, there were a whole bunch of different human-like races, and they, they found remnants of a couple of them, like the longest living were the Neanderthals, you know, but like, so they're not sure exactly when we started. Cause I mean, nobody knows when the first, like, like, you know, pre, you know, pre, you know, homo sapien evolved is slightly more homo sapien, but now they think it was at least 300,000 years and recorded history only goes back about 5,000 years. Exactly. So happened for the other 295,000 years. We fucking and, nuked ourselves 10 times, you know what I mean? And <laughs> had to keep restarting. It, it's just... This is Graham Hancock's theory. He thinks that um, there were civilizations, and what happens is, like, what we do, like, what we did especially, like, earlier on, is we build our most complex and, and our, our most, like... Um, we have all the smartest people, our largest congregations of people, all on the coastlines. Yes. So if if a massive meteor hits the water, you know, and increase um, tsunamis everywhere, or if like a volcano goes off or whatever, if there's a natural disaster, what does it do? It kills everything on the coastlines. Yes. So the people that survive are the ones in the middle of the countries, and those tend to be the most primitive. Yeah. So, and like, we found stuff, like, like I went to Machu Picchu, and uh, by the way, for any of my books, what I do, like, I, I love to write about stuff, like the Mexican yeah. ones, so I will visit the place first, so really? I have first-hand knowledge, so I know what I'm writing about, and uh, I went to see Machu Picchu, and if yeah. you look at Machu Picchu, like, the, the older remnants are, you know, one construction, and then, like they're they're larger stones, they're better constructed. Everything's everything's different, and yeah. then it all changes. It's a total different construction. So they basically they built a city on top of an old city. Yeah, you know, and, and that's pretty common. I mean, they did that all the time, all over the world. Yeah. But it's like maybe there was a culture there for years and years and years, and then they got wiped out, and then somebody else came along and just built on top of it. Yeah. If you look at Machu Picchu, like Machu Picchu right now is like isolated, but they have all these like ports, like for a river, like for, for ships. It's like, but there's no river there, but there was a river there like 15,000 years ago. Yeah. 20,000 years ago. So obviously if they built it with ship ports, it was because they built it at a time when there was a river right next to it. So yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff like this. Machu Picchu, dude. That's a fucking tough. That's a tough word to spell. Right? I can't even spell Wednesday. <laughs> that shit fucking warps my mind. No, dude. But like even Egypt. Have you ever been to Egypt? No, I, I want to go. Just... Those fucking pyramids are right at the equator. I mean, how the fuck did they know? I mean, maybe there's no street lights back then. They could just look up at the sky and kind of just see the Milky Way. No, they're perfectly aligned. Yeah, they're perfectly aligned, dude. They're right at the speed of light. The same coordinates. You know, the oldest one is better built than the more modern ones. Yeah. I think that the older one was built and they, you know, and newer people tried to copy it with new ones and they weren't as good. There's pyramids in Antarctica. No, I know. You ever heard of Operation High Jump? No. It's fucking Richard Bird. He was a, uh, he, he was a, a pilot back in the day for, for the Navy, like 1940 something. 
and uh, they wanted to explore the Arctic, man. And uh, he claims that he fucking, you got to look into this. He claims that he flew into like the center of the earth. Like he, he went to, to hollow earth pretty much. And he met a civilization of like giants and, and there's other people that were with him that, you know, they have the same fucking, they're saying the same story. It's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know if I believe in the whole whole earth thing. I don't know if I do either, but it's fucking cool to, to any, it's all cool stuff, man. Conspiracy theories. I mean, they're fucking cool, dude. You know that they found like in Antarctica, they found like remnants of like, you know, trees and like, you know, all sorts of creatures. Because at one point, Antarctica was in a more tropical zone than it's in right now. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. always frozen over. Like, and they found old maps that have Antarctica without ice on it. Like back back when they didn't even know, uh, like they didn't know topography well enough to even like, you know, make complex maps of the entire, of the, the entire world. But they found old maps. There are complex maps of the entire world, including Antarctica, where Antarctica would be. But they only have the Antarctica that would be there without the ice around it. Yeah. Smaller Antarctica. I mean, it's still a giant continent, but it's smaller than without the ice. And in and, and the little drawings, it has trees on it. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and these are world maps, you're saying? Yeah. How the fuck did they know what the world looked like back then? I mean, you have explorers, but you don't have Google Earth, motherfucker. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that that is absolutely wild stuff, man. That, that is fucking crazy. Um, you got stabbed by a crackhead. <laughs> that was a weird transition. <laughs> at, least he did, at least he didn't bite you. By the way, you got stabbed by a crackhead. It's, it's been on my fucking mind, dude. <laughs> I've had experiences with crackheads, man, where I'm just like, I remember one time I went to a gas station with my with my friend in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Beautiful fucking town in Connecticut. Just kidding, it's a shithole. So, anyways, I, I go to the gas station. Boring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go into the gas station. Fucking, I come back out and I see this dude, this homeless guy. I Man, he's got like three teeth, like minimal, maybe three and a half. You know what I mean? And he's drinking my friend's fucking coffee culotta. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? So I asked my friend, like, what this? What happened? He's like, he just said, give me the juice. I'm like fucking you gave it to him like you know what i mean and but if that guy could have came up to me and i'm like give me a hundred dollars i might have fucking gave it to him dude because i'm not getting bit by a fucking crackhead if you get bit by a fucking crackhead you need a tetanus shot after you know what i mean <laughs> so what, what tell your story tell your story well i lived in dc i, I worked as a dishwasher and uh it was like a restaurant owned by a punk rocker and pretty much everybody who worked there was kind of a punk rocker or <laughs> like you know kind of indie you know rocker or something and uh so I was working there. I wasn't making much money, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, I was, I enjoyed working there. You know, it was cool with me, but um, anywhere you live in DC, those were the Marion Barry years. So it was really bad. That's when it was the murder capital of the United States. Yeah. And, uh, where we lived, we had like a gated compound, like a gated fence around our compound. Yeah. Because it was a, a, like a bougie neighborhood. It's like, you just had that. So you didn't die. Like we'd have burned out houses right next to us. Yeah. Holy shit. So it was me and my girlfriend and her sister moved in to live with us. But her sister was from like the suburbs of Virginia. And then she came in to live with us. So she she didn't know. She had no street knowledge whatsoever. So yeah. she takes her fluffy white dog out for a walk around the block oh, yeah. at like midnight. And, and two crackheads come like right as she's about to like go inside. Two crackheads come up to her. 
one has his hand in his pocket like he has a gun, and the other yes. one has a knife and is like holding up the knife to her. And they're demanding money from her. She's like, I don't, you know, I don't have my purse. I don't have any money. And they go, oh, but you have money in there. And they point inside. So they make her key them inside. <clears throat> so they come inside. They come up the steps. They come into our place. And uh, so I, I had like a toolbox open. So the one that actually had knife, <clears throat> that actually had a knife, he got scared and he ran away. The one that was pretending he had a gun apparently didn't have anything, but he ran over to the toolbox, grabbed a hammer, you know, put her in a headlock and like I was holding the hammer up like he's going to bash her brain in. Holy shit. And she calls up to me. It's like me and my girlfriend are upstairs. And she calls up to us and we're like, yeah, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll go to her, you know, sometime later. And then she calls up and she sounds hysterical. And we're like, what the fuck? So, you know, I come down the steps and I see this crackhead. It's like, his eyes are all yellow. He has jaundice. Like, you know, and he's not even looking at me. He's like looking off at the side. He can't even, you know, look straight. He's like, I wanted money. Not I want money, but I wanted money. And I was like, I don't have any man. And I'm like emptying my pockets, you know, and, and I'm walking down the steps in the pockets. And he's like edges over with her and the hammer. Yeah. And he's like, give it to me, give it to me, give it all to me. And he's like, <clears throat> starts grabbing my pockets. Yeah. It being DC. I had a big knife, like, you know, in a holster on my belt. Yeah. Or not a holster, in a sheath on my belt. And yeah. the, the rule in D.C. is you're allowed to have a knife as long as it can't be shorter than the palm of your hand, and it can't be visible. You can't display it. But if you put it in a sheath, you're allowed to have it. And that yeah. probably saved my life so many times. I, I don't I imagine. But uh, so he comes over, and he reaches that knife, and then I'm like, I'm not letting a crackhead get a knife. So I immediately grab the knife and he tries to smash me in the head with the hammer. So then I'm grabbing his hand with the hammer and I'm smashing his hand. And he's let go of, of my girlfriend's sister now, you know, and I'm smashing his hand with the hammer and he's trying to stick me in the stomach with a knife. And I was wearing a flight jacket and I have all these little holes in the flight jacket from where he like, you know, got me a little bit. Like, like even if you took my shirt off, I had all these little tiny cuts on me. Like yeah. you go very deep, but you know, in a fucking pricker bush or something. Yeah. And, and so my girl comes down, down the steps and we have the heavy end of a pool cue, like a sawed off heavy end. She yeah. smashes him as hard as she can in the head. So she redeemed herself for fucking walking that little dog and <laughs> sticking out. Of no, no, this is my girlfriend. This isn't my girlfriend's sister. My girlfriend's sister. Oh, got you. Got you. Dude, your girlfriend's a, was a fucking badass. So she comes in and she smacks him as hard as she can. And he's so fucked up, he just does this. Eats it. Yeah, and then she does it seven times. And on the seventh time, he looks at her like with this, like, bitch, I'm going to kill you, look. So she runs upstairs, and she gets the phone, and she calls the cops, which, by the way, are a block away. So she calls the cops, and she's like, yeah, my boyfriend's fighting with a crackhead. You got to come in. If you don't calm down, we're going to hang up on you. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> she's like, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So anyways... You know, I, I eventually get the hammer out of his hand, like I'm smashing his hand against the wall, and he eventually drops it, and then he's trying to get the knife. So there's a battle back and forth with the knife, and he's trying to stab me with the knife. Yeah. I think it was on a mix of, like, crack and, like, angel dust or something else, because he'd have, like, lags, where you have more injury than a little bit less energy. Oh, dude, crackhead's got that fucking retard strength times, like, 20. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? The whole time, like, my hand's wrapped around the knife, so it's sawing through my hand. It makes all the way down to the bone. Like, it, it cuts the tendon and everything. But I eventually get the knife by the handle, and I pull it out, 
And like right when I got in, I started to pull out. I see his eyes all of a sudden get really big. And he turns, he starts running. I thought and, you were about to tell me you killed the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I had the knife like this. So then I chased after him and he made it away. I was wearing I was wearing these big boots, so there's no way I was gonna no, catch dude, crackheads are fucking fast, dude. Well, and the boots I was wearing, like they have steel toe and a steel shank. So mm-hmm. I'm kicking him as hard as I can in the in the shins with it. I'm sure the next day he couldn't even walk. Oh, but, dude, yeah. you know, that day on the crack, like it was making no difference. Well, I got the knife. I, I went upstairs. I'm like, I put my hand underneath the faucet and then it felt like fire. I was like, fuck, you know, it hurt. It just it wouldn't stop bleeding. So I'm wrapping a towel around it. Yeah. 45 minutes later, the cops come in. And by the way, they call from across the street and they ask if he's still here. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, no, motherfucker. So then they come in and he's like, hey, man, that, that looks pretty deep. I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, you want me to call an ambulance? I'm like, no, I'm fine. He's like, oh, yeah? Move your hand. So I hold out. I tried to move my finger. And that's when I realized I have no tendon anymore. And I can't move my finger. And, and he's laughing. He's like, ah, I told you, ha. Huh? <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, like, he opens up his patch. He's like, so what do you look like? I was like, I don't know. He's a fucking crackhead in an orange jacket. And, you know, he's like, and it's a black guy. He's like, well, was he darker than me? I was like, yeah, he was darker than you. <laughs> he's like, well, if you, see, too. if you see him again, don't confront him. I'm like, I'm going to kill the motherfucker. Yeah. No, my car, give me a call. I was like, what? So you can show up 45 minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> was it nighttime too? Yeah. Oh, it, dude, you, it was like fucking getting attacked by like a fucking pair of floating eyeballs or something like that, dude. You must have been scared as shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so then I took a cab and I went to like the closest hospital was George Mason, which is kind of like a bougie hospital. So yeah. I, go, I go in there and I guess I can't do this anymore. But at the time they're like, okay, what money do you have on you? And so I had to pay them right there at the emergency room. And it was $95, which if you're a dishwasher in D.C., it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> 1992 or three. <laughs> That's a lot of money to you. A lot of fucking money, dude. So I pay them the $95 and they take me in. They figure because of the way I looked, I looked like a punk rocker. They're like, he doesn't have any money. So all they did is they just sewed the skin clothes. I'm like, don't, don't I need surgery or something? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, they're laughing at me when I say don't need surgery or something. And they wouldn't even put a real doctor on me. They put interns on me because they figured I had no money. So the, the interns are just sewing me up. So then they're laughing. And I'm like, well, is there a public hospital around here? You yeah, know, yeah. well, first I asked them if I could do a payment plan. And again, they laughed at me. So I was like, then I was like, well, is there a public hospital? And, and they go, and there was one, there was one in Southeast DC, which is the worst area right next to the jail. Yeah, so I went there and I had surgery there. And uh, I remember you'd be like walking down the halls. There'd be people in leg irons walking right by you. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they're supposed to do, they're supposed to, when they, they cut it up and they cut a Z pattern. So it's like up, across, and then up. Yeah. So it's supposed to be 19 stitches. They only did four. So it, like it was hanging open. They're like this is all scar tissue because of that. And then what they're supposed to do is glue fishing line to your thumb and like attach it to the cast. So while the tendon, you know, heals and strengthens, 
but they forgot to bring glue into the operating room, so they just punch a hole through my finger. <laughs> they basically like threw my finger and attached it to the cast. <laughs> dude, dude, you probably couldn't beat off for fucking months. <laughs> well, it, it was also my left hand. Oh, so you're dude, dude, I broke my right arm when I was fucking 13 years old, man, and uh, that's my prime jerk stage, you know what I mean? And, uh, that was a tough summer, dude. Oh my god! Well, I also lived with the girlfriend, like the, the girlfriend who came down with the the you know heavy sawed off in a bull cue. So I was thirteen, so my dick was drier than the desert, dude. <laughs> left hand, you're getting no fucking torque. So it was it was a tough summer, man. You know what I mean? I got through it though. I got through it. I got through it. No, that's crazy, dude. I mean, so did you eventually marry this woman? Because I, I do eventually want to uh, get into the story of your wife and stuff. I know it's probably a touchy subject. If you don't want to talk about it, I totally understand. No, I, I, I can talk about it. It's uh, No, I didn't. I That was the first really serious girlfriend I had. Like, I, I dated her for five years. I lived with her. Yeah. Uh, and, and I broke up with her. It was a hard. It was hard to break up with her. Like, we're good friends today. It was hard to break up with her because, like, she's such a good person. But she just isn't the person for me. Yeah, I've, I've been there. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I'm 21. You know, it, it's like so. It's like you're super emotional about this, but like I'm 21. I have my whole life ahead of me. You know, exactly. and, and I'm sorry. I'm going to hate this person if I, it's just not the person for me. Yeah, exactly. So, so I remember, like I, I remember. I remember us having like a conversation in the car and she thought, cause I couldn't even say I'm breaking up with you. I was like trying to like kind of beat around the bush or whatever. Yeah. I remember pulling over the car and just crying, oh, you know, and, and, which made me feel even worse, but yeah. you know, it, it, you got, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. You know, I, I felt like this is what I had to do. And um, the thing you did bro, cause you could have just went on living the rest of your life, you know, fucking not happy. Well, it, one thing I've done, I think my whole life is I've taken a whole bunch of chances yeah. and yeah, some of them didn't work out, but it's like, I don't think I would be at where I'm at now if I didn't take the chances. Yeah. And could we just take, take a second and just acknowledge where you're at today? Dude, you are a fucking successful man. Like you are an inspiration, dude. Seriously. Yeah. No, I, I have, I have three books out. Um, I have a couple of chat books. I'm, I'm of like American audiences aren't really familiar with chat books. It's like, Back in like the 20s and 30s, they would do like these, like uh, they're like soft cover pamphlets, you know, kind of like smaller with like slick cover. And they'd yeah. be like political treatises or religious or whatever. Now yeah. it's kind of like a trendy thing where they'll do short stories. They're like signed and numbered. Yeah. They'll do like 300 of them or whatever. So I've done a couple of those. Um, I've done it for uh, the British press, Splatterpunk. They put them out. Yeah. and. They sell really well in Europe. Here, you have to kind of tell people where they are. Yeah. But I've done that. I have short stories. Um, I own a tattoo shop. I was going to say, you own a fucking tattoo shop, dude. That's awesome. I, like, I had no idea. You don't look like the kind of guy who's really into tattoos or anything. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a surprise, right? No, nah, man. Not at all. I mean, it's not like you have a fucking tattoo on your face or anything. You know what I mean? I have more. Holy shit, dude. That's cool as fuck, bro. Oh, my God, bro. That's cool. What is that like a fucking? It's like know. mechanics, like uh, like Terminator, like flesh machine. That's what I was thinking, like a Terminator or something, dude. That's pretty fucking badass, man. Let me see that again. Yeah. And did that go all the way down the back of your neck too? Dude, you cannot tell me you've never killed anybody before. 
<laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you put hot sauce in your cereal, dude. Like, I feel like you're just fucking, you're extreme. Well, I figured, like, I had brain cancer, and after yeah. brain cancer, I had, I went through chemotherapy and radiation, and yeah. where they hit with the radiation, hair doesn't grow. Yeah. So if you've seen, like, the classic 80s movies, classic you come high, yeah. which is like punk rockers, and they get radiation in the groundwater, so they're drinking water from the, you know, the, the, the faucet, you know, the, the, what do you call the water dispenser in high school, and, like, the hair's falling out and stuff. I look kind of like one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know, <laughs> first I would just like grow a mohawk, but I couldn't even grow a full mohawk because my hair yeah. wouldn't, you know, there would be no hair back here. Yeah. So I was just like, I'll just get my head tattooed. That's fine. Yeah, dude, that's fucking sick, dude. I would totally do that, but I, like you look cool bald. If I was bald, I'd feel like I look <laughs> like I have fucking leukemia or something like it just wouldn't be good. Like, I don't know. If you go bald, you got to be able to grow a beard, I feel. Or just put a fucking tattoo on your head like Terminator. <laughs> you know what you should not do? What? You have that long ponytail and a beard. Yeah, no. <laughs> dude. <all> the top. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, no, that's weird. Like, some dudes be fucking just shaving the center of their head. Right. Dude, just let it go. Yeah. Being bald is pretty cool now. You ever heard of the, the Rock Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know, dude. What's the... This is a weird question. What's the weirdest place you have a tattoo in? That I have a tattoo or that I've done a tattoo? Both. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a really weird place that I have a tattoo. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I obviously painful places like, you know, the ribs and like the, the inner arm, you know, and like, um, like, the head you know? i wouldn't be surprised if you had like a fucking scripture on your johnson or something like that dude. i don't know I, i'm also not religious so i definitely would not get a scripture on my johnson but no i, I don't have anything. a satanic one dude <laughs> <laughs> no fucking but yeah there, you know there are people that like they'll get like jesus and they'll get their hand like as jesus's hand yeah you know and, and i'm like what about when you're jerking off it's like jesus is jerking you off I'm one of those fucking guys, dude. That's what happens when you're 14 years old and your dad's like, hey, bud, you want to go get a tattoo? Your hand will be Jesus' hand. So it'll be Jesus' head, and then this turns into his arm. I feel like that's why they do it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's funny as shit. So you've done tattoos like that before? No, I have not, actually. I've probably done weirder. I, well... I mean, that's not really weird. I have a whole bunch of really weird stories. The people who get the most weird stuff. Oh, um, yeah. uh, it was it was when I worked at flash shops in the city. So it's like, like now I work with that. Like, you know, I have appointments. I have a clientele that comes to me. They kind Where of, is your shop located again? So, so uh, viewers, fucking he's the best fucking tattoo artist. His work speaks for himself. I mean. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah it's, it's Long Beach, New York. So it's like about. 35 minutes out of Manhattan. Like, my girlfriend lives in Brooklyn. It takes yep. about 35 minutes to get her. That's fucking awesome. But um, yeah, no, I'm coming to get a tattoo. <laughs> okay. I'm coming one day. It's going to be Jesus's fucking arm just going right down I, I, there. And, uh... I'm going to do it. <laughs> but um, no, it, probably like the, the craziest tattoos are more like flash shots when people walk in and you get people that like, they're not really tattoo connoisseurs. It's kind of like, yeah, this would be a cool thing for me to get. Yes. So, 
you know, it, it's like, like, I remember like one lady, um, I did, uh, the red outprint of like uh, a hand, like, you know, all the like fingerprints and stuff, you know, yeah. on her butt. <laughs> Dude, you probably see a lot of boobs, ass, fucking. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, here now, you know? a guy came in and he got a chrome heart with the word mama's boy tattooed on his ass. Oh. <laughs> and the thing is like, I don't care if you're gay, but he brought in his girlfriend. It's like, she's in for a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude, that's hilarious. I actually knew a guy who fucking got a dude. I, I used to be in the restaurant business when I was younger, and I had this regular that would come in, and dude, like quiet guy, like you never expected. Like he was cool, you know what I mean? Like just a good guy. Like he has it all together. He's a good guy. So, anyways, I fucking I go up to the table, I'm like, what can I get you guys? Like, dude, meet me in the bathroom for five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? So, anyways, like I don't know what I'm, you know, about to walk into dude i go in the bathroom and it's like he knew it was me that opened the door and this dude just has his fucking right ass cheek pulled out dude and it's just this big ass dragon on it and he's like you like it i'm like yeah bro cool (laughs) (laughs) then we we fucked no i'm kidding dude (laughs) (laughs) no dude that's that's funny man i see some people getting some crazy tattoos i mean what's like your craziest story that you have you know at your shop or any shop you've ever worked at I have a lot because I've been tattooing 22 years. So Man. I have a lot of crazy stories. Oh, okay. uh, I remember this one guy. He's uh, I think it was an ex Marine, like huge jacked up guy. <clears throat> and he came in and he wanted a dog tattooed on his chest and he wanted Pitbull tattooed on his chest, but he wanted like a realistic portrait of a dog. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, you know, I got to draw it up, you know, come back and see me in like an hour. So he went to the liquor store, he got a bottle of vodka, and then when he comes back in, he has like this much of the bottle left. And he's like, give me a Pomeranian instead. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's a bad idea. Like you can have like a drink to take off the edge. Because you bleed a lot, right? You do if you drink a lot of beers. If you have a beer, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. But no, he had he had most of the, the vodka bottle. And uh, so then I'm tattooing the, the dog in his chest, and he just starts going, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> plot twist, dude. I, I did not. And I look at him, and he goes, you got to get into it. When you get it, you got to get into it. Right? So I keep tattooing him, yeah. and the shop manager was this girl named Cheryl. And yeah. Cheryl's walking by, and he's like, ah, oh, look at that ass. Look at that ass. And he's like, hey, baby, come over here. And she's totally ignoring him. He's like, hey, you can't hear me. She's like, oh, I can hear you fine. You know, but he, he's just being obnoxious. But yeah. the girl had been in that location for a long time, and she tattooed a lot of cops. So yeah. she called some of her cop friends. And one comes over, and he just came over on the pretense, hey, I'm just going to say hello to Cheryl. You yeah. know, so he comes over, oh, hey, Cheryl, what's up? <clears throat> and he's like, what are you doing in here? <clears throat> and the cop's like, I'm saying hello to my friend Cheryl. He's like, get out of here. And the cop has one of those retractable metal batons. He goes, Oh, just hit him off fucking. No, no. He, he just, he, you know, he, he expelled the whole thing. Like, oh, like a warning down. fucking. Yeah. yeah. He points to him. He's like, sit down. Yeah. It's like, dude, we get it. You have PTSD. Fucking show up. So <laughs> then, then <clears throat> more cops start showing up and they're outside and they're like putting on those gloves. Like when they beat up people. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and Cheryl's leaning over and she's like, Dan, hurry up. Hurry up and finish the tattoo. And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So I'm working on it. And the guy goes, 
you know what happens if you fuck up this tattoo, right? I was like, no, what happens? He goes, I fuck you up. I was like, all right, I put my machine down. I was like, tattoo is yeah. over. Yep. You know, oh, oh, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. And then, like, this chick comes in. And he has this broke ass chick, you know, that comes in. You know, there was obviously his girlfriend. And yes. she's trying to say, babe, calm down, babe, calm down. And the cops are like, you should listen to your girl. He's like, I'm not with her. She's like, well, fuck you, dude. She starts to storm on the door. He's like, nah, baby, nah, baby, come on, come on. Dude, that's crazy. I finished the tattoo and I got paid and he left. And uh, as far as I know, it didn't get me done by the cops. So. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Dude, he probably fucking has PTSD so bad or something. He thought his girlfriend was like a fucking hallucination or something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Fucking nuts, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, that's funny as shit. I mean, I, I assume you see a lot of shit in tattoo shops. I mean, I've gotten tattoos in tattoo shops, and it was always pretty normal. The weirdest place I ever got a tattoo in was a fucking hotel room when I was 14 years old. Uh, I've tattooed in hotel rooms. Because I'll do conventions, and people are good. Like, this guy wasn't even good, man. He was just outside. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I tell you, man, I came in, and it was fucking... There's always oh, like, a, like a tattoo party, but it was a hotel room. Nah, dude, not even, man. I remember this like it was yesterday, man. It's almost my birthday and my dad goes, it's nighttime. He was probably wasted. I don't know. But he was like, uh, hey, you're going to be 14 tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to get a tattoo? I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Where am I going to get a tattoo? My yes. mother's going to kill me, but she didn't know. So I got back. And uh, yeah, so he fucking brings me to this hotel. And he's like, I know a guy. <laughs> brings me, probably was in fucking jail with him or some shit. He brings me to the hotel or motel. I don't know. Uh, I go to the motel and the guy fucking pulls up, dude. He's got like a posse with him. I mean, it was, there's like two pregnant ladies with him too, which was fucking weird. And there's always a pit bull. But uh, yeah, dude, fucking guy had like an elephant tatted on his head. Like, see how you have nice tattoos on your head? Dude, it looks like a fucking six year old just sketched it out and then was like, here's the fucking ink gun. Just go sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, he was like, yeah, I was just that artistic kid. And I was just that artistic kid in jail and shit. I was like, how fucking old were you when you went to jail? You know what I mean? But yeah, anyways, man, he gave me this tattoo. Look, you got to touch this up for me maybe one day. Well, I, it's super blurred out there, but take a it's, better picture and send it to me. Send it to me an email. It's not blurred out. That's just the way it looks like. It's all fucked up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but it's like kind of out of focus with the camera. And yeah, stuff. no, I get it. Yeah, man, it's it's not the fucking best. I'll have to send you a picture. But, okay. uh, yeah, man, I want to I want to go back to your your brain cancer too, bro. Like, how the fuck did you beat brain cancer? <laughs> how the fuck do you beat brain cancer, dude? All right. Well, I have to back up a little bit. So yeah. I did I did taekwondo for years, and then I actually won um, a state championship. Like, I won uh -huh. a gold medal at the state championship. And yeah. if I had money, I could have gone to the Olympic training camp. I yeah. mean, that that doesn't mean you're in the Olympics. That just means you can go. Yeah. But $900 and I was a dishwasher. So that was not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I saw the first UFC and I was like, oh shit, I got to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. That was Royce Gracie and shit, man. Fuck it. Oh yeah. Then I was like, I got to learn. And, and like, I was like taking Taekwondo super, like I was meeting people like the sort of karate or whatever, like, yeah. like hotel rooms, you would just spar and stuff. Yeah. But then when I started taking it, it was like, there weren't any official schools in Virginia. So, like, I remember traveling to Philadelphia, you know, there were places that just would get a bunch of people there into that. We'd, like, kind of uh, practice on each other. We didn't really <laughs> know what we were yeah. doing. 
And uh, I, I remember I was in like one school and um, the guy tried to take me down and, you know, I kicked and I broke his ribs and I got out of the school breaking his ribs, but I didn't mean to break his ribs, but yeah, hey, shit happens. <laughs> it happens. Uh, and then I came to, to New York and they had a Jeekuno school and Jeekuno is just a philosophy of whatever works. Wait, what is it? Jeekuno is Bruce Lee's martial art. Oh, okay. Okay. And so we, we had Megaton Diaz would come and give us belt tests. Um, Megaton Diaz, he, he, he's pretty well known. Like back in the day, I think is um, I think one of his daughters competes now. Um, he used to be aligned with the whole Gracie thing and they had big falling out, but he, yeah. he'd come and give us belt tests and we practice that all the time. And we yeah. had a high guy and we did it. So we do a whole range of stuff. So I was like in really, really good shape. That's where I was going with this. Like mm -hmm. I did a lot of cardio, you know, I was working out, I was eating healthy. Cardio King, Kobe Covington. <laughs> he okay. does have great cardio, but yeah. uh, then I started getting headaches and like I was making no money. I just started tattooing. Yeah. So, you know, I was making no money. So I didn't want to blow it on the clinic. So I'm like, oh, it'll go away. So I kept taking Advil's. And then my headaches started getting worse and worse. And, you know, they would come back and I'd take two Advil's, like one in the morning, one in the evening. I heard that can make it worse, right? What, taking Advil? Yeah, man. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't heard that, but, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's impossible. But, yeah, so I was taking that. I was like, this isn't normal. So I went to a clinic, but I lived in Brooklyn when Brooklyn wasn't a very nice place to live. Yeah. And the clinic I went to was like they barely spoke English and they – they they seem to do kind of a haphazard job, but they were sheep, you know. And then they said, "Oh, well, you just have migraines. Um, take medication. We have free samples." Oh, wait, we don't. So just uh, take the script to the pharmacy. So I went to the pharmacy, and they're like, "We can't even read his handwriting. It's illegible." And they kept trying to call him, and he wouldn't pick up the phone. Yeah. So you got to go to a better clinic. So I went to a better clinic, which cost me way more money. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, you're dehydrated. They pumped me full of saline solution. Well, and, take a CAT scan or something, dude. Like, what the fuck yeah, are they doing? Yeah, I even said at that point, it's like, do you think it's brain cancer? Like, oh, no, no, don't don't jump to conclusions. Yeah. And like the next day, like the, the girl who would later become my wife, yeah. she was my girlfriend. She was staying with me and we had Chinese food. And the yeah. next morning I'm throwing it up. I can barely stand up. Like I feel oh, like man. I have a jackhammer to the back of my head. Throwing up Chinese food sucks, too. <laughs> and she's calling nonstop. And finally they come into clinic and, and they're like, go to the hospital. Yeah. <clears throat> so I go to the hospital. They're like, well, what do you do? I said, I do Muay Thai. They're like, oh, it's a brain bleed. They put me in the CAT scan. They go, oh, it's cancer. Oh so, my God. And what happened? Your whole life just fucking flashed before your eyes, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, at that point, like, especially that day, it was really like, I literally felt like I had a jackhammer to the back of my head. Like it was. How so old were you? Yeah. Uh, what was I 27, 28? I, I, I was still pretty young, but I remember when I was going there, I was like trying to walk straight to walk through the emergency room doors and I kept walking sideways and my girl had to keep correcting me. So I didn't even get in. So they, they had some medication they gave me that all of a sudden I didn't have this massive headache anymore. Yeah. And then when they told me it was brain cancer, it wasn't like, Oh my God. It was like, I knew it had to be something serious at this point. I knew it had, at least they know what it is. Yeah. And I remember my girl started crying. She's like, you don't care. And I'm like, of course I care, but what yeah. am I going to do about it? You exactly. know? That's how I am, man. I, I don't panic if I can't fucking control it. It is what it is. Yeah. And, and they said, well, we're going to operate on you and it's brain surgery. So you have about a 50, 50 chance of making it. 
I was like, through the surgery, not the cancer, correct? Yeah, yeah, just surgery. I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, like, what are you gonna do at that point? You know, yeah, and, and, and you know, my girl's freaking out over that, and uh, they they spent a couple days putting me through MRI machines with contrast and all that stuff, yeah. and, and they did the surgery. And I remember calling my parents up and I told them, and they're like, well, you know, we come visit you, but last minute plant takes are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God, dude. So come see me. But yeah, whatever. Fuck them. Um, so <laughs> how's your relationship with them now? Well, I haven't I haven't been down to see them. They live in um <clears throat> they live in North Carolina, right next to West Virginia. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't been to see them in that location since they moved 11 years ago there. Well, they um, sound terrific. I mean, I would I turned 18 kicked me out of the house. Like I was homeless, like living for eight months in the woods, you know, rocking the pillow, you know, taking oh. showers in McDonald's restrooms. <laughs> Dude, I mean, fucking, that was the same thing. Like, you, it's funny because like, most parents fuck around like you're out when you're 18. Nope. That was really the fucking case for me, dude. Like I was fucking, yeah, I wasn't sleeping in the woods though. Yeah. My car, I had a fucking girlfriend at the time. She was fucking cool. So, you know, her mom would let me crash there sometimes, but. Well, I, I had a couple different girlfriends. I mean, it's hard to keep anything stable. Plus, I mean, there was punk rocker and drinking all the time and stuff, you yeah. know, but like I'd have a girlfriend. I could stay there a couple nights and then, then we break up, and then I don't have a place to stay. Then I stay at the gate, and then I get a fight with the skinhead, and then like I pissed off the girlfriend of one of the guys. You know, you just back living, right there. what? You just live in like the fucking outsiders movie or something. It's just back then. Well, it, it, I mean, it just it, I, 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 another girl who was a friend of mine. She's like sneaked me into her basement sometimes, and you know, I just have to wake up before her parents got up for the day, and so okay. it, it was like. Sometimes I couldn't find nowhere to sleep. I sleep in the woods, like rocks and pillows, sleeping in the woods. And my parents move. They moved to another country. <laughs> so, dude, holy fuck, bro. You're so interesting, dude. I got like a million fucking questions I want to ask you. It's like, <laughs> um, so what? your brain, your brain cancer. I mean, your wife was, did she was still with you at the time, right? How long did you have brain cancer for? Well, she wasn't my wife. She was just my girlfriend at the time. At the time. Okay. So she eventually seen your recovery and, and oh, yeah. all that. Well, then, then I, I had surgery and I was in ICU recovering. And yeah. I was in ICU the day after surgery and the Twin Towers went down. Holy shit. So, like, everybody's freaking out and they're kicking people yeah. out. And you're in New York, right? In New York, yeah. Holy I, I was in shit. Bellevue Hospital, which is the closest hospital to the Twin Towers. You know, oh, dude, you must have been like, holy fuck, we're going to war. No, well, I remember because it was like broadcasting over. For some reason, our TVs weren't working, but yeah. it was broadcast over the radio. So when the first tower was hit, they thought it was an accident. You know, yeah. and then when the second tower was hit, that's when they knew it was terrorism. And the the TV started working, but only on Spanish TV. So and, and so we could see the images on TV and we could hear what's going on with the radio. And I'm right next to um, the the to FDR, the, like the highway. So yeah. ambulances are running up there. I hear them wailing and running up there to go to the Twin Towers. They thought there were going to be a lot of people coming to the hospital. I mean, there weren't that many. It was, it was mainly like first responders and stuff like that. Yeah. Like 
everyone else just died basically it's such an awful fucking thing that happened man i mean that's just i remember i was so young man i I was like three or four years old four years old i want to say i just i remember it i fucking me and my uh me and my neighbor were fucking playing around wrestling over the remote like fucking who wanted to watch one on tv my mom comes and snatches the remote she's on the phone crying you know you see your mom cry you're like oh shit you know what i mean she puts on the news and i just remember you see all the smoke and fucking crazy dude I mean, that was fucking insane that day. I mean, it was kind of surreal, too, because, like, because I'm right there. And it's, like, it's funny because one of my friends is, like, you know, the only thing that could disrupt you having brain cancer would be the Twin Towers going down. Yeah. And uh, so united then, too, man. Like. It what? We're so united after that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were. Like, it's sad. Do we need another fucking 9-11 to bring us together again? It's awful, uh, man. It is sad. Um, but yeah, she, she was like, so she was my girlfriend, but she was also, she's a recent immigrant from Columbia. So it wasn't like, you know, like we immediately connected to this strong bond. It was more like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be together and we're trying to work everything out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, we were getting along fine and everything. I'm just saying it wasn't like, you know, like some people you meet and it's just like, you just click like that, yeah. you know? But, but every day I was in the hospital after work, she'd come and visit me. She looked like really like heartbroken over it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, asked me how I felt. And I was like, this is a good person. Like yeah. she'd been dating me for three months. We're in our twenties. <laughs> and she's come to see me every day in the hospital. That's how I feel. My girl is man. She's fucking ride or die. Yeah. That's good but to have, man. That I mean, that taught me an important thing because it tells you who your real friends are. It tells you who sticks up for you. It tells you all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was in the hospital, like, you know, head wrapped up like the invisible man, like a little slit <laughs> in my eyes. Yeah. I had a brain plug, you know, coming out like draining brain fluid because it swells up after surgery. So, so I'm like this. You had a fucking hole in your head, dude. And they were. It's still there. There's still like a little dent in my head right here. Oh my god, dude! And I have a hole in the back where, like, they they cut part of my skull and they went in to take out the cancer. So oh. I oh, they put like a little like mesh, you know, thing of metal back there. Like, you don't set off metal detectors, but yeah, I have metal on my head. Bro, I would rather have somebody stick a fucking matchstick in my pee hole than do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. Did you? I mean, you're probably numbed out. I mean, they they probably put you on some drugs. Did you have a hard time? You know, after after you recovered, like getting off the drugs or. Well, the all right, here's the thing. Well, I was straight edge right before that because I was like super into like being the best martial artist. Yeah. I could. So they were trying to give me drugs and I wouldn't take them. No, so, fucking way, really? Even yeah. while you had cancer and you were. Yeah. So while I had the surgery, I was out like they just knock you out for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But after, I mean, you're going to be in a lot of pain. What would. I, I was like, I was like, I'll just take it. I'll take it. And uh, the first, you're not in a lot of pain though. You you really aren't. Like like you, you feel kind of like you know I don't know you got like punched in the head a couple times, but yeah yeah, yeah. horrible pain. Dude, uh, I would like fucking. <laughs> and then they do radiation, and it's 31 sessions, but they take weekends off, so it was about two months, and yeah. then. They- a month off after that to just kind of recover yeah they start chemo what's it like getting radiation what did what did you feel like after 
radiation actually wasn't that bad. So if it's, I had brain cancer, it's called, I had what's called a medulloblastoma. So it was in the brain. So if it's in the brain, the brain and the spinal column are one system. If you okay. have body cancer, like lung cancer, or whatever, it can go anywhere in your body. So like, they're, they're like trapped. They're like different systems. Yeah. So what they did with the radiation is they just hit the brain where it was like the, that specific spot where they removed the cancer and they hit the spine. So while they're hitting the, the brain, I didn't, I didn't really feel it at all. When they're hitting the spine, it goes in through the back of the spine, but it comes out through the, the stomach and it makes you nauseous, yeah. like, like really nauseous. Like you feel like throwing up and they give you pills. So I took those pills, like the, their anti-nausea pills. Yeah. You know, so I, I would take that yeah. radiation. Other than that, it, radiation wasn't really a big thing at all. But chemotherapy, like they will tell you, they're like, it's poison. Hopefully it kills the cancer and not you. Damn, dude, that's fucking crazy, yeah. bro. And how, how yeah. soon after did your did your wife pass away? I feel so like that's so awful, man. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it was a uh, it's pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I made it through all of that. Um, yeah. We moved down to Florida to open up a shop. Um, then we moved back. the The shop didn't work out, but. I, I that that's a whole nother story. Like I I, yeah. I was trying to recover from cancer, so I can put my trust in my business partner who was yeah. like a total sleaze ball and he just like took all the money and but anyways, so then yeah. And, and so then we moved back to New York and um at, at one point she decided that she wants because it's funny because like so she's from Columbia and she has dreadlocks, but she's super into metal, like black metal. So <laughs> she oh black metal walking around the house singing along to it so it's like this you know <laughs> this four foot eleven Columbia girl going <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and, and but she decided at some point that she wanted to do like more traditional Colombian music so yeah. she started, there was a guy at Pratt which is like a local school in Brooklyn she yeah. just going there and taking music lessons from him on Saturday and by that point she was tattooing full time so she tattooed her in the week she so go there on Saturdays. But she was like your dream girl, dude. She had a lot in common. <laughs> no, well, she, she was. Yeah, no, she was awesome. Um, but so she go there and she take the music lessons early in the morning, and she had she just started riding a motorcycle. Like I remember her first bike, and you know she drop all the time, and I you know go out with her and. and what was she riding Harley? Well, originally she got um she got a Suzuki Bandit. Yeah. Awesome bike, but it is not a starter bike because because you yeah. have to curl up on it like you would on like you know. things rip too, bro. The what? They rip too. They're fucking quick, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, it, 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 it's it's because it's a weight you know engine ratio, you know. So the 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 engine tends to be a lot more powerful and doesn't have much weight to push. So they tend to be really fast. Yeah, uh, and they're also a lot more well built than Harley's. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a Harley guy, dude. My dad was a fucking Harley guy, man. My dad had a my dad was a Harley guy too. <laughs> That's why you fucking hate him, dude. <laughs> they break down all the time, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like right now, I have a bike. I have a Ducati. I love Ducatis. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so she nice was. Bike. Thank you. So nice. she, she was trying the Bandit. It wasn't working. She eventually got um. It, it was uh what is it? It's a Yamaha um. It's kind of like their, uh, it's kind of like their Harley clone. Yeah, uh, 
but she got a 250 cc one i was like that's good because you can sit upright you can put your feet on the ground and it's not that power virago that's what it's called yeah um so she had a yamaha virago so those things like i remember my first bike i got was uh 334 yeah. and uh and i thought the first time i went out on it i was like this is so fucking fast and then yeah. after like six months you're like dude it's so slow <laughs> she was still in that stage probably of like it's so fast so she probably wasn't even driving that fast but she she um would go through red hook brooklyn on the way to park slope to to uh pratt press in brooklyn and when red hook is kind of an industrial area right next to downtown so if you're like at one of those after hour bars yeah you know, that's the area you would go through like, especially if you're like trying to avoid like police pulling you over or whatever. Yeah. She's driving through Red Hook and somebody just nailed her and they hit her so hard. Like it tore off their, their, one of their headlights, tore off their front bumper. It hit her bike and she flew through the air, landed on her head, snapped her neck. Oh, instant. Yeah. It was instant. And there was, there was somebody behind her, like behind him and her. And he immediately pulled over to help her. And he looks up and the other one just takes. Like the other car just takes off. Fucking, did they ever catch him? No. And, what the fuck, dude. And then they took her to um, a hospital. It's like in the Marcy Projects. That's like where Jay Z's from. It's like, yeah, Marcy Projects, man. I know. Not, it's not a good hospital. So they take her to the hospital, and, you know, the EMS didn't tell the emergency room that it'd been more than 30 minutes without blood to the brain, which means they're brain dead. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell them. So they just revived her body on machines. Like she's never gonna wake up, but they yeah. don't tell us either. So we're like, oh, there's hope, there's hope. She's gonna come with my dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. But so so they re- revived her, and like I remember they called me, and they're like, "Are you married to?" Uh, uh, well, first they're like, "Do you know uh, Monica Hank?" I was like, "Yes." Yeah. So like I immediately awake. I'm like, "What is going on?" Oh, uh, yeah. She ran a stoplight or something. And the reason why they do well, aside from them being pieces of shit, the Sorry. reason why they do that is because apparently if the the motorcycle makes a mistake, there's way less paperwork. Oh, uh, okay. So they were just trying to blow it all under the rug. She's in the hospital, and like, you know, I go down the next morning to get coffee and I go to go back upstairs, and there's this big security lady, and she's like, You can't go upstairs. I'm like my wife is dying up there. She's yeah. like, so I'm like, and I'm like trying, I'm gritting my teeth. Cause I'm like, if I make like a, a major blow up, I'll get kicked out of the hospital. Yeah. I turn over to the lady at the, the security counter. I'm like, can you call the doctor and have him say, it's okay for me to come upstairs. So she calls up the doctor. Says, yeah, okay. The security lady goes, no, tell me he has to call me personally. Yeah. <laughs> and and now now I'm like twice as bad. But I asked security later, I'm like, can you please just call the doctor again and ask him to call her personally? And yeah. she goes, No, why should I? So then I have to go to a payphone, call the doctor upstairs. <laughs> dude, I would have been so mean, dude. And, and so then I got let upstairs. So after two days, that's when we feel, we realized she's never gonna recover. Yeah. I, I remember like I was calling um Rachel Rosen, who's the basis for a decision. And she's a friend of mine. And when I first started tattooing, I was tattooing her, but we just stayed in touch. And she was a medical examiner. Um, she was actually sending me gory pictures from 9-11. You know? mm-hmm. and, and so I said, 
you know, I told her what's going on. She's like, get her out of that hospital. You know, this is before well, that's we, kind of fucking hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this is before we knew that she was brain dead. I mean, this is like, yeah, yeah. So she's like, get her out of the hospital. So I, I asked the, the doctors, they go, oh, well, she's too unstable. You know, we need to do a CAT scan to see if we can move her. We can't even bring her downstairs to do the CAT scan. So I tell Rachel, Rachel's like, well, you know, they make a portable CAT scan. They can bring her right up to her. So yeah. I tell the doctor, the doctors go, oh, they do? Who makes it? <laughs> like the doctors don't You're even a fucking doctor dude <laughs> oh my dude what the fuck but they, they, we were putting flyers up everywhere we got an attorney uh we told the attorney we're like here's the deal tell us who did it don't tell the cops yeah you no know, but then we raised funds um like people in the tax community were giving us money um she was on a motorcycle so people in the biker community were giving us money um yeah. And we were trying to get like more attention to it. So our attorney said, picture as a model. Because if you picture is just like a tattoo artist, nobody cares. But you know, she she's like an attractive young lady who did like some like um alternative modeling, you know, with her tattoos and dreadlocks and everything. So once we did that, she was all of a sudden in all the papers, like you still find it now, you know, if you Google it, but she was in all the papers. I went to all the American speaking television stations like uh, like News 5 and News 1. And my brother-in-law, he went to all the Spanish ones like Univision and Telemundo. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was fucking everywhere. So the president of the hospital comes and apologizes to me. They got a new security lady. Now they all of a sudden make an accident squad for the whole thing. Yeah. Although it's five days later on a hit and run, you're not going to find somebody. No. It's crazy that you can get away with pretty much fucking murder. You know what I mean? Just like that. It's well, just- the thing is, like, I remember at pretty much the exact same time, the governor of Jersey, of New Jersey, was in a limo, and some car hit the limo. It went off a bridge. He broke his leg, and they found that guy. They didn't even know what car it was. They didn't have a license plate, what color, anything. They found that guy in one day. Yeah, of course, because he's fucking, you know, yeah. he hit an important person. Yeah, yeah. The fucking scumbag politician, you know, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. Um, so if you can, before we wrap this up, I just want you to kind of, dude, I could talk to you all fucking day. You're cool. You're my kind of guy, dude. We're gonna, I gotta have you on again sometime. Okay. Because I can literally talk to you for, if that's cool with you. Yeah, no, I come again. Yeah, man. I think I think we have a good time. Um, no, dude, I I want you to kind of you've overcome so much shit in your life, dude including fucking diabetic security guards and shit, you know, not <laughs> you've been in fucked up situations, dude, and you just prevail and uh you're an incredible fucking man, dude. Much respect, seriously. Um if you could tell everybody what nobody cares if you make it except for you. Like you got to try hard cuz like mm-hmm. if you had all this potential and you didn't make it, like maybe your mom cares. My mm-hmm. mom won cuz my mom's a piece of shit, but I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> my mom's pretty cool um nah, but <laughs> she's italian ma she's she's pretty cool man she makes a good sauce um no dude um where do you see yourself in the next where do you see yourself and what do you want to achieve in the next say five to ten years okay, what i'm doing right now is i think pretty ideal at least for i mean uh, also okay. also for right now so who knows in 10 years yeah you know i i do like three days um of tattooing and yep. then 
the rest of the week, I work on everything else. I work on my art projects. I work on my writing. Um, yeah. I train jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. So, you know, yeah. so I, I do everything. Like one thing that I really want to do more of is, you know, more and more written stuff out there. Like I, I'm doing, you know, I, I'm continuously doing more horror conventions, more like writer conventions. Like I, I did the the um, World Horror Convention. I, I'm doing one called KillerCom. It's in Austin, Texas, actually in August. I'm doing another one. Like a, I'm a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft. So they have in Providence, Rhode Island, it's called the Necronomicon. Yeah. It's a convention based on Lovecraft. So I'm doing that as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I just like to, to put my stuff out there more. I, I really like writing and drawing, but I like tattooing too. It's like. Dude, I will promote any body of work that you put out. You're a fucking good dude, man. You're a good person. Yeah. You know, I get a very good energy from you, man. That's why I got to come to you and get my, uh, my tattoo. You do piercings? No, we don't do piercings. Fuck, yeah. man, I wanted a Prince Albert so bad. Well, the whole idea behind the shop is like, they're, they're, like when I wanted to be a comic artist, like some of the people I really looked up to, like Bernie Rison and Kaluta, um, they had a place called The Studio in downtown Manhattan. They yeah. did some of their best work there. So our place is called The Abyss Art, Fine Art and Tattoo Studio. So that's that, the name of your place right now? Yeah, yeah. That you own? yeah. So uh, I was like, I wanted to be like, like, like when you walk up the hallway, we have like framed movie posters. Like you yeah. get inside, we have like red velvet curtains and stuff. We're, yeah, we're yeah. trying to keep that vibe. Dude, that's fucking so awesome, man. Any, any vibe that you're fucking saying, dude, I totally trust that it works. You're a cool ass dude, man. Um, uh, fucking, can you let people know the address of where your shop is located again? So, you know, I, I really want to get you, get your business. You probably have enough business, but there's never too much business. Well, no, I, I don't have enough. There, there are some people that go, all right, you know, I'm cutting it, but I, I don't do that. Um, so we're 54 West Park, mm -hmm. um, Long Beach, New York. I'm Connecticut, so I'm not that far from you. Know, far away. Um, it you, actually, you know that there's a ferry between Connecticut and like a, I don't oh, know. Right in beautiful Bridgeport. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Fucking beautiful out there, man. Um. Yeah, man, fucking, you're the fucking coolest dude, bro. You're totally my new friend now. Um, yeah. yeah, man, you're awesome. And I have your email, so I will be emailing you frequently. Just kidding. But uh, are you on MySpace? I, uh, on MySpace? I was on MySpace. I think my MySpace is still up there. I'm oh, on dude. now. I had an awesome playlist and a lot of shirtless pics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, dude, Um, is there anything else you would like to promote? Where can you buy your book, Um, your your new book that came out, The End of the World? It seems fucking awesome. I'm probably going to go read it now. Um, it's, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it at Barnes & Nobles. You can buy it on Kobo. You can buy it. Um, it's actually available in audiobook, so you can buy it on Audible. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Everything is <laughs> everything is available on my website. is danhink.com. So okay. you go there, you see all my art projects. Like I, I have a blog, and I, I like whenever I do a new book or magazine cover, I put it up there. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Dan Hank. Thank you so much, man, for uh, coming on the podcast and, and shooting the shit. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Nah, dude, you're awesome. I'm going to have you on again uh, very soon, hopefully. You're a fucking awesome, dude. Uh, re check out Dan's new books. I'm going to post a link and and, uh, and everything. I'm going to post your website in the description of the podcast, which will be available on Spotify, Apple, pretty much any streaming platform, Google, whatever. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And, and Dan, thank you, brother. Yeah, no problem. All right, brother. Take care. <laughs>